Hello, I'm AT. Welcome to the Bulldog Gear podcast, where we aim to open up conversations and create discussions around the practical habits, ethos, and philosophies of the most successful people in our industry. Here, we will endeavor to identify, unpack, and discuss the actions and habits of fiercely successful individuals in and around the fitness space in an attempt to create clear, actionable philosophies for you guys to experiment with and implement on your own journey of self-improvement. And welcome back, guys. Today, we are joined once again by the notorious Paul Warrior. With no real introduction or fanfare, we kind of got straight into chewing the fat on some pretty heavy topics, including fitness and mental health, post-pandemic training and preparedness for that. And we even managed to answer a few quick-fire questions on the back end, which, uh, if any of you know us, is um, quite the feat. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoy, and potentially there are some things in here that challenge the way you look at certain aspects of fitness and life in general. Absolutely love that, mate. I mean, how many times have we... Oh, by the way, I've decided we'd, I've, I've pressed record ages ago. We're just going for it. That's why I've switched to my podcast voice. I'm um, the tenth, I called it the 10th man, so that it means it already, it literally states in the name, I am, the anti- I am an antagonist in yeah. this. I'm prick. And now I've created a gym with a title that basically tells you that. So now I can be like, well, I told you. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a couple of really good things that I want to touch on there. First, the, this is a conversation you and I have had many, many times. Anyone that thinks that functional fitness as it's presented kind of commercially now in, you know, in modern times, anyone who thinks that there's not financial or social barriers to entry to that is fortunate because that means they've never had to come up against those those barriers i'm not saying there's anything wrong with it and uh, things have to cost what they have to cost sometimes but as you say and we, you know we ha- we shared similar frustrations you can't talk about community and you can't talk about what you're doing and the, the virtuosity and altruism of this movement and you know cro- you know crossfit's gonna cure all mental health problems in the world um you know to be to be really blunt there and the, I know we've had much, we've had much blunter conversations. You said the C word, you're going to, you're totally yeah. going to get in it on social media. Again. <laughs> but you know, fitness is, <laughs> is going to cure. Sorry. Oh, shit. Um, you <laughs> cannot, you know, I think you and I had this conversation before where we, we spoke about that and we talked about this, this suddenly this big pressure on like, I get it. I do get it. I do get how many aspects of fitness in the gym are fundamentally um, or people are fundamentally attached to them for the good of their own mental health. Not necessarily for the good, but it has positive effects. And I think we had the conversation with before where we were like, okay, then what if you can't afford a gym membership? What yeah. then? Like if your narrative is gyms need to be open because they're absolutely essential for mental health, which is fine. If that's, you know, if that's, there's room for everyone. And I think every voice needs to be heard. Um, because then we have a balanced society and if that's the hill you want to die on, so be it. But then as the 10th man, if nine people are saying, yep, absolutely. Gyms are hundred percent essential for people's mental health. I think it's your duty to ask, well, what about the people who can't afford to walk through those doors? You know, if you're, if your line of reasoning is this is essential, 
you're denying it to people not you know not on purpose but there has to be a balancing point right and we can't yeah i mean the fact when that petition had six hundred and sixty thousand people sign up for it you know the one about um the gyms reopening etc etc yeah like what astounded me was there was six hundred and sixty thousand people who needed a gym to be able to stay mentally afloat. And that was a frightening, that's a frightening number. If you don't look at it like, everyone was looking at that as like, well, gyms have to open. And I was like, that's a frightening number of people who are suffering mental health issues as a result of not being able to access a gym. One, I've not made people capable. They should be able to train in and out of the gym because exercise, it's good for your mental health. Although there is community aspects involved in that. And if you take the community aspect from that, actually like, that's no different than opening pubs again. Yes. Now, oh, but pubs, pubs are um, pubs are de- be as detrimental for your for your for your health or whatever. Um, yeah, you could look at it like that point of view, I guess. But equally, there was people who have a couple and just socialise, and that's yeah. and that's their be- that's their beacon. Um, and I'm not here to I'm not able to judge people based on their their life decisions or their drinking decisions, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it. it it is a much bigger industry with a lot more people who will have been struggling without the ability to communicate, to get out of the house. Um, you know, and there is people, lots of people out there who have a drink. It's not the right answer, but have a drink for their anxiety, have a drink yeah. for whatever socially um, to help or, or to temporarily help with an issue. And yeah. so when I saw the number 660,000, I was more shocked that we had made 660,000 people dependent on us and left them stranded, stranded when they didn't have an opportunity to train. And that's frightening. Um, Yeah, it's really frightening. And I I guess, um, I guess that's a burden that I felt I probably shared with a lot of coaches and a lot of gym owners. Um, And equally, we have to, we have to be able to have people who are attached to the social environment of training, but equally, need to be able to train and live that experience without that too. Um, otherwise we're creating just a people who can only cope in a very narrow setting. Yeah. Um, that, and, that, and that's not care. And that's not capability and that's definitely not functional. Yeah. And, and that's dysfunctional. Yeah. It's a crutch, isn't it? You can't acknowledge that, that, you know, you can't have the narrative that well, pubs should still be shut or, you know, whatever it is. Because that the the story there is that people are using these things as a crutch. That detract, take away any other sort of deleterious effects from whatever you may do. Let's say you just go out and have a lemonade and eat some fucking KP nuts with your mates. You cannot acknowledge that people are using that as a not necessarily a crutch, but that's their that's the band aid for their mental health that keeps them happy, that keeps them content but then not apply that to your gym and go, okay, well, what element of it is it that people are actually missing? Um, yeah. And like you said, over the course of the whole thing, like I felt a tremendous kind of like, cause I'd been there. I'd been there years ago. I'd been the guy who's my, my personality was just going to the gym. That was it. That was all it consisted of it was like a bicep vein on each arm and talking about the gym. And then getting into a position... Head off though, didn't it? Cover men's health. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I've changed. <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying any growth has occurred. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I went into that place where, oh, I can't go to the gym anymore. So what, what even am I? 
So I I experienced this five, six, seven, whatever it was years ago of that, like, and then I, I, in a, as a fitness professional, I'm like, well, how does this work then? Because you actually know how to do this stuff, but you can't do it without being in this particular place. Like yeah. that was weird to me. And that was, you know, that's the, the drum I've tried to beat for since then, this idea of like, maybe have something in your back pocket for a rainy day. And what, what always, you know, one hard thing, I'm not a, the sort of person to say, I told you so ever because I'd rather be like, okay, cool. Well, you've seen it now. Now we can get to work. The, I put out an ebook years ago called Stoic 30, which was just about using one piece of equipment for the month to show yourself, teach yourself a lesson in what's possible with the minimal, you know, the availability of kit. And I can really salient, I can remember a guy uh, like replying to it and saying, well, what's the point? Why would I ever need this when I, the gym will always be available because I, you know, I'd put up a lengthy thing saying, very pretentious to you know quoting Seneca and all of this about you know do (laughs) whatever it was and he's like well well I don't ever need this and I was like okay and then that just popped into my head when gyms closed it's like the the hubris to believe that you don't ever need to prepare for not having something and as you you keep using the word um like capability right what are you giving someone the capability to do thrusters really well or are you giving them the capability to move their body well and tick all of those great physiological boxes wherever they are and you know yeah perhaps now hopefully with the kind of resources that are arisen in light of the last sort of 14 months we'll see more of that i don't know maybe i'm wrong maybe people will just treat it like a bad dream i mean if you're a if you're a if you're a dad, I don't know, male, me. If you're a dad, I'm not a dad. Uh, but if you're a dad and you go to the gym more and you want to get fitter and you go more and more and more, one of your one of the things you have to be capable of is being a dad, mm-hmm. and you're less present because you're in the gym more. Are you more or less capable? Yeah, probably less. Yeah. So there is a there is a very fine boundary between it. One, what is capability? I mean, we can just. It's semantics. We can just go down rabbit holes on everything, really, if we wanted to. And I'm pretty good at that. But um, what are you trying to, what are you meant to be capable for? Because yeah. I hear a lot of people saying things like, oh, well, I'm just trying to be an example to what? Showing someone how to spend a lot of money on a gym membership, yeah. how to drink a lot of, <laughs> how to drink a lot of fizzy drinks in front of cameras and how to look good with your shirt on in a watch. Because if that's what you're teaching children, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say, you're a piece of shit, but I've just said it. Yeah. No, no, I get it. I get it. Like, what, what, no, <laughs> like no, no. that's not the example that you need. I mean, people say to me, like, oh, what example? You, what example should this person be? Or what example should this athlete be? I don't know. Kind, generous. I can think of a whole yeah. bunch of things that can come above really, really good at thrusters. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, again, don't get me wrong. I love it. It's my passion. It's my project. It's what I'm involved in. And I still don't have the answers because I'm, I'm seeking them, but we have to start asking questions when people come through the door is like, what are they wanting to achieve? What are they wanting to be capable of? And what does that look like? And it's easy to get caught up in the shiny, shiny. I saw someone with a hundred kilo 
exercise. I need a hundred kilo exercise because they've got it. And my self-worth is attached to their ability because I'm in the same room as them versus, versus when I walk out the door, who am I? What can I do that I couldn't? Where, what am I going to carry out the door with me to be better? And that's what I want for my space is that people who come in, they leave some of the crap at the door. They leave all of their luggage at the door. They walk in, they train, and when they carry it out the door, they carry it a little bit lighter and with a little bit more opportunity of what they can achieve when they get out the door. And I know it's a nice idea, but I mean, that's what it should be, right? It's not about getting them to rush straight back in. It's about them to get to rush out with their new skill set. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, we. This gets banded around all the time, doesn't it? This idea that you know fitness should enrich your life, not take away from it, but it should. And the another thing we hear a lot is I'm training. I'm training for real life. I'm training for everyday life. And you're like, but the hardest thing you do is come to the gym. You're just yeah. training to get better at going to the gym. Like it's not necessarily really having much of a. You're gonna you're gonna do all that great stuff. You're gonna live longer you are going to be mobile for longer. You're going to be able-bodied for longer. All of that brilliant stuff. Well, yeah. How you train. Um, all of that brilliant stuff. But like you say, you get the, the shiny object syndrome and then, you know, you're chasing a 140 clean and jerk and talking about, you know, I'm training for everyday life. And you, Really? Like, is that going to present itself? If you look at, if you look at, and I think I've had this conversation with other people before, maybe you look at James Bond and you look at that and the extent of capability, right? Like he can literally do anything that happens in the movie. Yeah. And he can abseil. He can hotwire a car. He can do cool stuff with computers. He can learn how to get out of a lift shaft. He can use every single weapon going and like, okay, well, this is your arsenal of equipment. This is your arsenal of stuff. Like at no point did anyone say, oh, he was really good at climbing over that wall. That was a, yeah. that was just an, a one asset. Like if you yeah. really, really wanted to be capable at life, then you would equally invest as much time in understanding how to invest, how to save your money, how to do right, how to, how to read, how to do things that are practical, that expand your ability. And I'm not saying that making money, et cetera, is the most important thing or are important at all, but there are certain things and life skills that actually like you put on hold when you've just become obsessed with the gym rather than it complement a, a series of abilities that you could acquire that could make you a much broader human with broader experience. And if that real life scenario happened, you weren't relying on it being just purely a physical task. Yeah. It's obviously yeah. part of it, but if a real life scenario happens, the jokey zombie apocalypse, the whatever else it is, like you're going to need a bigger skill set than I'm really good at deadlifting. Yep. Cause I've said it before the big deadlifters, the big guys, the guys who aren't carrying their own engine, them, them motherfuckers are food. Yeah. They're was gone it, first. Was it Blevins that wrote like a long thing about He did. That yeah. He wrote, he yeah, wrote something like surviving. Cause the, the CrossFit's, you know, big on the stronger people are hard to get. Who, who's that? It's not Ripto that said that, is it? It was who said stronger people are hard to kill and more useful. I think general. it could have been Ripto or someone. No, I, mean, I think it could have been. I don't, but... I don't disagree with the sentiment by any stretch. And, uh, you know, it's no, there's, there's, all, there's never any kind of downside to getting stronger as long as there isn't a downside to the rest of your life. But yeah, like the, the idea that we talk about what we're training for. And then one thing I see, and this doesn't annoy me, but like I'm not I'm a difficult person to annoy. Uh, but when something that just makes me ask questions is when I see people say, 
uh, I'm training for the I'm training for the great outdoors. But they're talking about going for a walk in Kendall. And I'm like, that's great. That's brilliant. And you want to be able to do that. Do you know, you know what I mean though, yeah? But they're, but, they're, but they're walking the streets of Kendall with two walking <laughs> sticks and a North Face jacket on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And exactly. they actually haven't even gone up to one of the fells. They're yeah. literally just walking with the walking sticks through Kendall. They're probably going to go get some tiffin from the shop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know. But that's and, great. You want to be able to do that and you want to be able to do that forever, right? But at what point, for me, I'm like, oh, and you actually, you nailed it when you, you spoke about being a dad, right? At what point does spending six hours, seven hours, eight hours a week in the gym to go for this Sunday stroll, what point did the scales tip to the point where you're like, well, actually, I'm saying that I'm training so that I'm, you know, I'm training so that I can walk with my family in my North Face jacket. Oh, you can't go for a walk with your family because you bust your knee up doing some stupid shit in the gym yeah, and coach yeah. told you to rest your knee. So now you're not even capable of doing that because you ache so much on a Sunday. It's got to be rest day. You can't do any physical activity. Yeah. Just drop your calories by a couple of hundred, <laughs> you know. No carbs to that. And you'll be, and you'll be fine. Um, yeah. For, for what? <laughs> for, for ready to go back to the gym on monday like at what we, point do we, do we like do we like fitness at all i, don't, do you know I feel what? like we're just constantly like yeah we're ragging on it pretty hard here so i'm actually gonna i was actually just thinking to say um, fitness questions fit, well let's let's uh let's finish on a on a positive note in on this topic what i was gonna say was because this is quite this conversation we're having now is quite reflective of my own training where this is a thought process i've gone through where i'm like I'm beating the shit out of myself to do some of these things. And it's actually having a bad effect on the rest of my life. And, but I'm still going around saying, just training for real life, bro. Just training. So I'm ready for everything. I'm not ready for anything. I'm so busted up. I've got to slip this. I've got a fuck knee. I've got a broken knee. <laughs> In a zombie apocalypse. I am is, this the dead. is this the positive but spin? I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. So now I'm like, let's actually start thinking about or what it means to get that. And I've always been okay at doing the minimum effective dose. Like, you know, I don't like to train for longer than 30 minutes if I can avoid it. But unless I'm, unless I want to, you know, now I'm like, well, let's just do the things. Let's balance the things that I want to do with the things that I need to do with the things that I know that work in a way that's enjoyable and enriches my life. But I don't know, and this is kind of where I'm going to try and get to the positive, if maybe we're just getting old <laughs> and we can't hack it anymore. So we're like trying to put a really nice spin on it of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not like you. I train and I train two or three times a day. Jesus. I love, tra I love training. Um, uh, I never did. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't for a long time and becoming a coach made me very very hard to mm. deal with my own training and you know dealing with the lots of like and I, I hear a lot of coaches in it i don't i know too many coaches who go into weightlifting and go into like slower versions or just decide they're going to do something different and they're not doing what they're selling because it exposes them it puts them it puts them on a position in front of in front of clients they feel that they either have to be the best in the room which means you're a crappy coach because you need to make people better than you or they feel like they shouldn't do it at all because of just so much insecurity comes in and eyes on and, you know, and, and I find it easy to be distracted by what the people are doing. 
because I am a magpie, like, oh, what are they doing? And then I want to help them out because then it, yeah. it's like, oh, I can't help you out by me training and I'm feeling nervous about myself. So I'm going to come and support you because that gives me some self-worth, um, which is the wrong way around. And I kind of spent so long um, in, a, in a gym environment as a coach, hating my own personal training and my own progress. Yeah. Um, and, and, and thinking thinking it was possible for everyone in the gym space except me. Um, and it was, you know, it was, I guess it was insecurity plus a lot of other things and eyes on. And now I'm in a position where I totally love training. I train, what's my reason for training? I don't know. I own a gym. I pretty much live in a gym. Like uh, it's to hang out with people and to do stuff and to see what I am capable of. And, you know, um, I'm 40, um, I'm knocking on and I'm lifting more after a broken leg, doing strict bad doing all of the cool stuff that I didn't think I'd be able to do. Um, and, and I'm doing it all and yeah, I'm, mo I'm monitoring my volume and I have to care about my sleep and I'm care super like caring about my nutrition. But I, yeah, I don't feel that it's old as a, as a reflection of how I feel or why I worry about it. I think I just have so many conversations with so many people beating their chest about training Yeah. when, when it's a bit different because what's my function? My function is a, a gym owner and a, and a coach and a programmer. That's my function. And I've done all of the heavy reading and I've done all the, the analysis work and a lot of deep self-work or whatever it needs to be called. Um, and that's great, but it's not great with that application. Yeah. And I decided that actually I never thought I wanted to be an example physically. I never wanted to use that language, you know, really, um, I'm not an example. And when I realized that I'm not an example physically and I can jump doing it because I love it, then actually you start performing pretty well because you're not comparing yourself to anyone. And yeah. So as a gym owner, will me be coming fitter? benefit me massively mm. i went down this whole rabbit hole of people giving me shit because they didn't want to i had people look at me up and down when i was working with Laurent camps and say we want him to coach you and i was like i was i was like hang on i'm the coach i made him, i helped him get like that and they were like no yeah but he looks better we want to work with him like and i went down this whole rabbit hole of you know thinking well no usain's bolt coach usain bolt coach isn't um isn't this and Matt Twight isn't a Spartan and this person isn't this and this person and it became a shield for myself for my self-development and I hid behind that as an excuse and now it's kind of the case of like looking at that and going no you're right I'm not a Spartan I'm not this or that but equally and I am a coach and I am hopefully adequate at what I do and my programming skill set etc but you know if you work in Gucci buy Gucci if you yeah. work in a gym and you're a badass coach. If you have, if you if you can't coach yourself, because I can't, get a coach, get a nutritionist, get whatever it takes, but invest in yourself. And don't hide behind the excuses of Usain Bolt's coach isn't a runner or isn't you know isn't a sprinter, you know. And so yeah, it was time to time to step up. So yeah, I, I functionally think and capability wise, yeah, you're on the up and up. Maybe I needed to step up a little bit. I think I, I misspoke there when I said about, you know, I don't want you to sent me off on one. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is what happened. I, I triggered. I, this I, is why I we can't do trigger words. We need to like, we need to talk about trigger words, trigger topics before we start. 
What I was going to say was when I say, no, I don't want to train for longer than 30 minutes. I mean, train. I mean, I'm training towards the thing I'm training towards, be it competition, be it whatever it is. Yeah. I separate, and this is something that's happened as I've matured, hopefully, separate training from play and curiosity and experimentation. So I will, now I'm truly blessed to be in the space I'm in now where I can just walk downstairs and go and try something or go and be like, you know what, I'm just going to give myself 10 minutes here. I'm surprised you haven't cut cut the rig open with an angle grinder yet. It's not mine, otherwise, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that, that stuff I see as, as separate to my training. The training's the stuff that's pushing me towards something. But that's yeah. what gives me the capability to do the explorative stuff, to go down and say, I'm going to, I wonder, I'm going to try this, like, uh, you know, this bar complex on this bar yeah. muscle complex, or I'm going to do some rope climbs because I wonder, like, that stuff, that stuff I still love. I'm still obsessed by it, and uh, but the um, it's, co- it's, it's content is content creation part of your uh, <laughs> your um, capability. Like, is it is it part of your list of things to do? Well, you, I have to be able to do it, right? Well, this there you go. Then I think I, well, but that's an example, isn't it? That's an example. Is you get to do all of this stuff because you you have chosen a career, or your career has led to a path of experimentation, exploration. And showing people how to do how to do more with less and to expand and broaden it, and you get to do that in a gym space. But you're also you've got the physicality. I mean, I wouldn't be the best example about to do some of those exercises, but you've got the experience. So you know you were in a point where you get to train towards something, and then you're also getting to do this 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 uh, this search and this curious kind of exploration to try and find other ways and more interesting ways to do things when people maybe don't have the opportunity to have the environment you're in. And you get to do that incredibly well. And you are doing that incredibly well. You have the tools, the mediums, the knowledge, a podcast. Therefore, you know, I'm sure there's areas of your life that aren't, you know, flourishing or the areas that you could maybe pay more attention to. But in terms of the capable side of what you do and what I know you for, your skill set is only increasing. And that means you are therefore getting better as a result of what you're training, whether that's learning how to operate a microphone for a podcast or um, finding a couple of ropes, a pulley uh, system and an old, um, you know, pot noodle packet to create something in the gym. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's it. Uh, I, I love the, the idea of what are, what are your capabilities and what do they, what do they need to be? I actually did quite, quite a, um, I really liked the, the the openness, the kind of humility you expressed there about the being a coach and what does it mean to be a coach and this idea of you know the the best coaches aren't necessarily the best athletes and high, that's true, right? But it's true because it doesn't say either way. But hiding behind that, and I certainly have experienced exactly the same as what you're saying, where you kind of like almost sometimes feel, and this is just pure ego, you feel like oh mate, I want to actually not do this or I want to hold back because I feel as though someone's going to be a bit expectant to see something here. And it yeah. can be shit. And that can put you off of wanting to do things because, you know, and you, you're, you are like me in that you haven't intentionally built yourself up to be anything. You're just doing what you're doing 
And yeah. you know, people are receptive to that. It is what it is. But then it can, unless you're very careful, unless you, you do the shadow work, unless you are trying to be, have some sort of insight into your own you know, psyche, it can be very difficult to separate from that and just be like, yeah, then, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily what you think I'm going to be like, that's you, that's on you and be then comfortable enough to go in the gym and express the best version of yourself without worrying about what other people are going to think of that or what other people's impression or expectations are of you. But on the same merit, you know, you, you spoke about, Mark Twight isn't this, but he is this. Usain Bolt's coach isn't this, but he is this. And the thing I always say to people when they balk at the idea of someone who maybe isn't the best example of the thing they're trying to do, whether that, you know, generally it's physicality, right? But would you rather go in a rocket that was built by a rocket scientist or an astronaut? You know, you I want to go in the one that was built by an influencer. Did he have a blue <laughs> Did he have blue tick? Because those guys have all the answers. <laughs> yes. If they don't have a, if, if, if to be honest, if I if if it's two astronauts or sorry, if it's two uh, rocket scientists, I want to go with the one with the most followers because he yeah. clearly knows more. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to I want to go with the one with the biggest arms. <laughs> um, but no, you're completely you're completely right, yeah. and and I think what is I mean when I say Mark White was inspired, he certainly looked amazing. Yeah. But yeah. he was he did physical transformations when he, his background was a climber. Like he wasn't, he wasn't a physical, like it wasn't a physique coach. Yeah. And he had to, I think he had to do some digging with some of the people that he worked with, but you know, and, and for, for those people, it was their, it was their alternate background that gave them a new perception and a new answer to an, to a, to a question that was being asked that had yeah. always been answered the same way. So everyone was answering, Hey, we've got to get these guys big for a movie. Everyone already had a linear answer. And he came in it from a different angle and was like, but what if, and he changed the way that we see uh, physical presence within movies yeah. and, and, and how most people went on to do themselves. So it's often people who come from a different background or see something from a different perception or come from their own failures who go on to be better coaches because they have an understanding. Yeah. So yeah, they, but they may not be, well, you know, you saying, but best runner, is he going to be the best running coach? Maybe not because his skill set was running. He doesn't mean he yeah. won't be amazing when he can be, but every single co- amazing runner isn't going to become an amazing running yeah, coach. Exa- yeah, exa- exactly and, that. And, and, but yeah, and then also there was a level of honesty with myself that I had, to, I had to face, which was, no, I'm not the best athlete. I understand that. But also, I do, want to, I do want to look good. I do want to train well, and I do want to live longer, and I do want to be able to do the exercises that I can do. And I had to just, you know, park park my ego, park whatever it was that the problems that were there and go, no, I'm just going to, you know, and it started with one person saying one thing to me in a positive way and me jumping up at the time and doing a muscle up and went, right, I've still got this. And, and every, and I changed everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That was, it's been a really interesting journey. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, mate. And I think it's, it's so important for I had to go away and experience life outside of the the fitness industry. And I I honestly believe, you know, particularly in a commercial environment, particularly if you're working with like everyday people who aren't necessarily competitively driven or, you know, they're, they're just trying to get their fitness in any which way. 
that spending some time in the not you know i don't want to say the real world but outside of fitness and understanding and empathizing if you left school and you went to college and then you you know you went and got your premier diploma and you've never experienced life outside of the four walls of the gym and what that is to some people and what that means to some yeah. people how on earth can you empathize with people and you you end up with this communication block and barrier and it's not only a case of like you can't understand them but it's you can't present solutions for them and i felt so good coming back after years and years and then working with people and getting it and understanding that well you don't want to do this the same way i want to do this and that's absolutely fine and my job isn't to convince you to want to do it the way i want to do it my job is to help you do the best version of whatever it is you want to do, you know, increase your capabilities within the the remits of what you're willing to do and not make you feel guilty for not wanting to do any more. You know, it's one, you know, you can't tell someone they need to do more if that means seeing their kids less, you know? Uh, And I think there's a, there's a, I think the industry, the fitness industry is, it's huge. So you can't paint broad strokes necessarily, but there probably is a degree of people that perhaps don't understand that, you know, not everyone is there with the same inclinations that they are. No. And and that's been something that's just been really interesting to see is trying to understand what people want from it and trying to, I came from a large CrossFit gym and you know, and ultimately, if you want to go there and you want to get fit, and you just want to do an hour's exercise a day and get told what to do. Amazing. 100% worth it. Um, for sure. But, you know, it is a cookie cutter approach and it is a, you know, everyone comes, everyone gets the same haircut. I mean, and we know talk about universal scaling, et cetera, but, you know, the program is, is biased towards whatever the coach's philosophy mm. or the co- coach's attitude to training is. And ideally it's broad brushed and it reaches all, and energy systems and all muscle groups and all ranges of movement. But ultimately, you know, the byproduct is, yeah, you're all coming here. You're all getting the same haircut. You might have slightly yeah. different hair, but you're all getting the same haircut. Everyone's leaving with a ball cut. It's done. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's probably beyond the scope of this podcast to fix that. <laughs> but let's no uh, no I, I mean i don't think we need to fix it i think people like it's what we've had a few chats recently yet it's still a delicate subject to talk about but um about people coming in and trying to give them an answer what what will this physically do for me alongside healthy nutrition and it's you know we and uh, people want to go in and they get to do a bunch of functional movements and they get functional movements and they get to do some energy system work and they get out then, you know, that's amazing. I think they'll have had the best hit they could have got for the day. And whether yeah. they're doing that or whether they're doing, you know, Barry's boot camp or whatever they are, the other things are called, the circuit training, um, you know, all of those things, I think really, really contribute to people's, uh, a part of, you know, people who sort of have office work or, 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 or a typical jobs, not like us, and they go and they spend an hour, they invest an hour in training and they're moving through different ranges and they're attacking some energy system work these guys are just boosting their lives, yeah. boosting their longevity. They're boosting their capability. They'll be inducing, uh, improving their mental health and doing all of the things that we think it's about. I think it's just that where I get challenged is when perhaps the, the rhetoric or the slogans or the shouting out 
or perhaps the, the people who are, see themselves as head figures in small gym environments start to kind of maybe entice people to do more or to change it or, you know, not to be give honest answers to questions. And, you know, then, then the result is I get angry about to people for lying to clients about the results they're going to see or going to achieve or taking away from their lives or create an injury and not giving them a safe program. Um, and you need to start asking questions. Why are we doing that? Why is that our behavior? Why is this the language we're using? And how can we, how can we perhaps do better to help people be better in their lives without trying to just suck them into our culture yeah. and take them away from theirs? Yeah. Yeah. I think you've really, you've hit the nail on the head there. Exactly. That's it, isn't it? It's like, I'll bring you into my culture because I know how to improve you within the walls of my culture. Because yeah. that's where my, you know, that's where my knowledge lays. Where as if the question is, how can I improve you in general without sucking you into my culture? I have more questions to ask that this, you know, uh, what, you know, constantly varied high intensity exercise, uh, uniform approach to can't necessarily answer. And those questions need to be asked. I don't I mean, I don't know how you do it in a commercial setting. That's where it starts getting difficult, right? You've got to get 20 people in and you've got to answer the question for all of them. And I can completely empathize with the fact that that that's difficult. It's difficult to get 20 people oh, in a room. It, it is. And I don't think you can. I don't think that's no. for everyone. I think, I think, I think the big commercial uh, gyms, CrossFit gyms, boot camps, um, cycling, uh, things I think they give people a little bit of identity. They give them yeah. a bit of a bit of. A, they give them something to go to, to look forward to, to wear the t-shirt from, and yeah, boosts people's lives and gives them a bit of identity attached. And I think those things are absolutely amazing. Like yeah. whether it's a hall full of people doing CrossFit or whether it's a hall full of people on bikes or the. I mean, the boot camp things really, really amaze me. Um, I think they're, they're. I think I never got them because I came from a. CrossFit mentality, everyone's going to do this type of training. And now I'm looking at these kind of these boot camp things and looking at the level of members they've got. And, you know, we have that whole thing about, well, you know, it's mechanics, um, consistency, intensity. And it's like, cool. Well, intensity is still the present um, part that creates change. So if you mechanically can't afford doing exercise, then you lose intensity yep. and it's like, well, actually we can't. So there is part of that that is true. And there's part of that that needs to be flipped. That is, that is that we need to reduce mechanics to increase intensity because that's where, that's where metabolic adaptation is going to happen. Because if you can't go 70% in a conditioning workout, you ain't going to see the physical changes that you're trying to get. If it's like sort of a max aerobic power workout. So then we have to lower the movements now if we're in, in if we're in a setting where we only have 10 to 20 movements and each of them requires a skill level or a mobility level then we're decreasing their opportunity for intensity therefore we're decreasing their opportunity for physical adaptation and metabolic change i.e you know if you want to talk about capability in the iad in the idea of reducing the chance of catching something like covid you know or, or a metabolic disorder so you know, and I think the boot camp elements and the Barry's, I don't know Barry's boot camp, but I've heard of these things and these words being used around. And I've, I've looked at some boot camp stuff and thought, well, they're getting people moving for 20 minutes an hour. The people are wearing the t-shirts. They're loving the environment. They're not doing any movements that are really unsafe because they're not really doing anything that requires a high skill set. And, you know, 
you see these people coming out of these, these, these classes and actually like a lot of them look amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And the, 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 a couple of, I'm smiling because I, I just, the, you just gave me 60 seconds there that are absolutely perfect for the Instagram snippet of this, where you just managed to just <laughs> nail it. Um, <laughs> but I think the the idea of discriminating against, and I, like you, you know, coming from a certain background and, and, you know, being younger, you're going to kind of turn your nose up at certain things until you get, yeah. until you go out into the world and you're like, Oh, people fucking enjoy this. And who am yeah. I to take that away from them? I don't care if you have a, you know, you've got a light set of dumbbells and you're jumping up and down on a trampoline. As long as you're safe and as long as you're happy, the, the, the boxes you have to tick to get the physiological benefits of exercise, to get the longevity, to get increased bone density, you know, to, to lower your risk of metabolic disorders is so low. You can pretty much get away with doing anything. So for fuck's sakes, go and do something you enjoy doing. And if that means CrossFit because you love it and because it gives you a sense of identity and because it's something, you know, that's what keeps you coming back then so be it. But I think if you're going to do that, don't look down on anything else as yeah. being lesser because that kind of elitist attitude, I think is what, and the elitist attitude and this kind of insistence that certain things have to be done a certain way is what stops so many people even getting started. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to do. I know something that like we're trying to break down the entrance barrier, yeah, and then trying to like empower people to be able to be cool outside of the gym. I think that's kind of a, a, a common thread that me and you both share when we're talking. Yeah. It's like, how can we include watching Conan the Barbarian into that experience and its perfection? Life's complete. Exactly that, mate. Exactly that, and it's. Yeah. And I think the problem is people don't see like, of course, if you are doing something and you have the ability to do something, whether that's financial, social, physical, whatever it is, of course, you're not going to see that it's impossible for other people. You're never going to you, cause you're going to go, well, I can do it. Yeah. Um, but you, it's not, it's not possible for everybody and it's not plausible oh. for everybody. I think I commented on like a, a famous nutritionist person. So obviously didn't get a response back because, you know, I'm not important. But um, I remember writing something about, you know, food, metabolic disorder, blah, 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 all this stuff to do with COVID. It was like, well, basically just saying like, it's fat people's fault. Yeah. Um, they don't get it. Why? And he, the language used in this one post, and we, I think we've had this conversation before anyway, we have all these conversations before, but all I was doing one period is like, I don't understand why people aren't doing it. And I'm like, starters, I needed to know a lot to understand what you were even talking about. Yeah. And I have to know who you are, which means I have to have a mobile phone or a computer mm -hmm. or an Amazon account. And I've got to have followed a certain intellectual group of people to understand, to even get to a thread to where you are. Um, how you, it's already an assumption that someone has a mobile phone and can even see what you've wrote yep. or that they happen to be following you. And just because you're followed by a million, a, a, a million people, that's still, pales in comparison to the population of the world. Like people aren't going to see that, aren't going to relate to it and aren't going to follow you because they don't understand the language you're using. Yeah. And, and, and here's the kicker. If you're in the fitness space, the chances are a large percentage of that following are people in the fitness space. 
they're not the people who need your help. They're not the people who need the information. So you, you've got carte blanche to use the advanced language, to use this, to use that. But the way I see it is like, if you're able to get away with that, chances are you're not actually helping the people that you're knocking on right now at all. And we, we did have this, we had this conversation around the, um, you know, around the eat out to help out scheme, right? And, you know, and obviously everyone in fitness was up in arms and it was the same thing happened with the donuts, you know, when people would, they, you get vaccinated and you get a donut we're walking into really controversial stuff here, but, um, so many people were so quick to go, this is everything wrong with society, giving people a donut when we know it, these were people who a year ago were posting the if it fits your macros it doesn't matter like don't you can eat nothing but donuts and whey protein shakes and still look great and feel great and it's just about calories suddenly now donuts are their enemy and you you start to realize actually how wishy-washy a lot of these people are with their philosophies which shows me a kind of lack of understanding or at least a lack of core kind of values and um we we had the the conversation about the out to help out scheme and a lot of stuff in fitness is so um not exclusive but exclusionary of working class people like you say everything you just said there about you give out this information but it's got so many prerequisite uh, prerequisite prerequisites to understand it that who's it helping it's only helping the people who already know this stuff and we were talking before about oh you know giving people half price kfc and mcdonald's dude you can't sit in dubai slagging this off when for some of those people being able to buy their kids a mcdonald's for the first time in you know however long because they're living on 80 percent of fuck all that's the closest they're getting to Dubai that year. And seeing that stuff, it, it really, it really hurt me it's because I'm like, you haven't got a clue. Have you, you really are so out of touch and you think everything can be solved with an air bike. Um, yeah. And it really does amaze me that you, people can lose sight of the real world, but put yeah. that they're out to inspire in their Instagram bio. I'm here to inspire. Yeah. I'm here to make people's lives better but I can't actually even understand the idea that being able to finally give my kid a fucking happy meal with a free little toy in it is as close as that person's getting to any form of like happiness or contentment that month. And you're going to make them. So they can't, so what you're saying is they can't afford to go to Dubai. Is that what we're saying? (laughs) They probably can't afford to go to Dubai. No. No, that's when liberty. I know when liberty is someone's. You know that there's uh, expressing someone's liberty is being able to go and have a few that they've missed for so long. Yeah, um, and that'll have been the biggest thing that they've got to do that week. And yeah. you know they can't afford the ninety quid membership, and there, there is no gyms opening up their doors to them, and there was no gyms open, and they can't. Afford they don't the understand gym. it. Yeah, and they don't have access yeah. to the resources. To you know, it's easy to say. Oh, you can go online. You can find it all online. Yeah, you can, but some it is all there. Of course, it's all there, but it's not that simple. Some people don't know how to start, and it makes it very difficult for them to even find out where to start 
when there's a whole industry built up around telling you all of the things that you require in order to do this. That's very yeah. disparaging. Yeah. We have another you know, that, well, that happy that happy meal is uh, <laughs> that happy meal is the same price as one of your cans of uh, knockoff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a kid's happy meal is gonna bring them like as much joy as they're gonna have had in months. It's the same price as the knockoff that you've just bought one and one from the way home. Yeah. Your 90 quid gym membership. Mm-hmm. And I get and, it. I get that you can say don't give them that give them something better and give them a better quality of life in the long run. But it's not that simple. No, you know, it's, it's it's really not that simple. And I think the people who I've said this to someone's face before, if you can't grasp it, then you're so lucky because it means you've never had to live it. Yeah. Um, And everything is nuanced. Right. And it, it, we are circling back to the beginning of the conversation. You, you cannot say that gyms are absolutely essential for people's well-being if not everyone has access to it. Just, yeah. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe just um, compassion, understanding uh, <laughs> uh, should be compulsory. Um, you know, and taking down barriers. And that needs to include, you know, the, I mean, for us, like if people want to listen to this, they're going to need to have the internet. They're going to yeah. need to, you know, they're going to have to have a knowledge of who we are if they even care. Yeah. And we probably talk in a certain language that not everyone else would understand, not everyone would understand or get. Um, and we, yeah, we, we wear a barrier. Yeah. Exactly. Um, 100%. And we're both, we're both, we're both culturally biased. Mm. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's a, it's just a challenge about making it, being understanding, being compassionate, and trying to understand how to maybe unfilter the message. I don't know. It's what we what you talk me and you talk about about language, right? It's about how I say things in a way that not everyone gets, and then I need to learn how to how to get it more to make it digestible and understandable, so people can get it and then get on board with it. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, I, mean, I have a long way. I have a long way to go with that. I may have to start using colour photographs. <laughs> You're going to have to turn the grain down. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going that far. <laughs> no, it's it, the only way I keep looking 36 in my photograph. <laughs> it's all that filter. <laughs> like you're, giving, you're, you're giving all the secrets away now. <laughs> there, is, <laughs> there is no filler. I have a professional photographer as a best friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're sitting here, you're sitting here dishing around the influencer word and you're like, well, I do have all my pictures professionally taken before they go on the ground. Yeah, I mean, he's my best friend. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really fortunate that he stood next to me with the, with the camera. Yeah. I'm just bitter because I applied for that blue ticket and didn't get one. You can, can you apply for it? I you, you have did. to apply for it. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. It shows how much I know. I'm a, I'm a, you, I'm a, you'll get one. I mean, this is, this is in, inside the knowledge of You'll get one. You've got to have been published. You've been published. Yeah. You've been literally on the front cover of Men's Health. I just send them. Just a send them a picture of that. When they ask for the passport <laughs> photograph on Me it, just next when they ask for a passport photograph on it. Yeah. Oh well, I, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Part of part of part of the part of the knowledge um, is, you know, what if 
the capability is you want a blue tick. And then it's like, just so instead of your passport photograph, send your men's health cover in and just say, it's me, I'm AT. Um, I'm known for being on the front cover of men's health and for um, kettlebell swinging logs yeah. in a garden shed. Blue tick, please. They'll truly give you one. If you've got a blue <laughs> tick tomorrow, I'm going to be devastated. <laughs> I'm doing it right now, man. I'm just trying to find There's my... There's free, free flights to, bar, to Dubai with every blue tick. <laughs> it's the only way you can get in. You need to be vaccinated yeah. and verified. <laughs> vaccinated. <laughs> Are you being vaccinated yet? Are you too young? I'm too, yeah, I'm too young. I should be getting offered it, I think, sometime soon. Devastating. Yeah. Have you, you had it? Devastating. Yes. Yeah, you have, haven't you? I think we've had the conversation. Yeah, they knew who I was. <laughs> <laughs> I sent them some of Ryan's photographs. They got me straight in. <laughs> no, no, I've had it. I'm not, I'm not, an, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not kind of... Uh, I, I get why people have it. I, I, I'm still... I'm still enjoying wearing a mask. Um, I don't mind social distancing. Yeah. <laughs> it suits my personality. Yeah. I was annoyed I get to walk. the one-way systems out of the shops. I was like, just keep I know, them. Yeah. Keep that I know, forever. Yeah. Keep, keep the sanitizer forever, one-way systems, and getting to roll up to the shop looking like an absolute gangster. Yeah. Yeah. I less got, so when you buy, you know, a full packet of avocados and walk out with it. That's <laughs> less gangster. But um, the mask is all good. I got. Um, I was buying some. I was buying some energy drinks the other day, and the self service. And the 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 woman's like, "I've got age popped for it," and she's like, "Oh, can you just pull your mask down so I can, you know, see how old you are?" And I was thinking, like from the nose up, this is the old part of my face. Like I've got, I've got crow's feet. Read the room. <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of sixteen-year-olds walking around with crow's feet. Are there? Cool. Let me see. And we, this is probably, um, we're probably pissing in the wind here. But a really good question that someone asked was, and it's kind of pertinent. Now the kind of option is on the table, and it's something that's on people's minds, splitting their time between the gym and home what's the best way to structure that and i mean they're, they're training their training time you know people have invested in a bit of kit or maybe they've just discovered that they they don't need to be in the gym every single day to get what they want to get out of it now that option is kind of on the table what you know for you what's the best way to structure that and i know it's obviously goal dependent but yeah i think <clears throat> So for me with my training and kind of like classic training is it was, there was always kind of this, I don't know, a lot of bodybuilding programs like generator on three days. So for me, I think three very focused days within your, within your sport and then two days of two to three days of complementary training, which is fun and exciting would kind of be the way, way to go. And I know that with my gym, I've said that like, if you come so many days a week, like it's cheaper, like if you come all of it, but also my investment to them would be, but if they came and they said, I can only do two days with you because I've got some of the stuff that I'm invested in. And that, that would be a further discussion because <clears throat> what I think is, is there's multiple facets to it. I think it's important to have s several days of training towards a goal and towards an objective. But I also think there's something very valuable in learning how to be able to self-manage and not rely purely on external validation or external praise or external uh, pressure 
to perform. So I think we're kind of trying to like balance it up. And it was maybe not something I'd thought about with trading until someone asked me a similar question recently where they were like, well, you know, I can see the benefits of training in the group and I can see the benefits of training alone. I was like, well, do both. Yeah. It's not, you know, being able to manage that, manage that internal and external influence. Can you drive yourself? Can you, can, you, can you be driven by someone else in an environment? And you'll get characteristic benefits and evolution and increase that capability that if you ever are in the position that we were in over the last sort of um, year, year, year plus, that you are not stranded and not incapable of doing it on your own and not completely incapable of being, you know, in capable of existing without a gym and i think if we if we have to go into lockdown again and you weren't ready this time it's your fault yeah if your job's back up and you've got full salary and you can afford a 90 quid gym membership you can afford one month of buying yourself a pair of dumbbells or a slam ball you know a slam ball is what from bulldog like 35 quid or something like that um you can afford one you can afford one and if you don't if this happens again and you aren't, and you haven't readied yourself towards something to be capable. You know, you have. This time, it's on you. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're you're almost just saying, "Oh no, the gyms are closed." Oh no, the gyms are closed again. What a shame! You know, yeah. what whatever am I to do? I had, during the last lockdown, I we had a conversation about pull-ups and. I was kind of like, well, you know, this is the third time this has happened in the last 12 months. If you haven't found somewhere to do pull-ups by now, I was the first time I was extremely sympathetic. The second time, less so, but still like, okay, let's, let's find other options and workarounds. By the third time, it's like, just say you don't want to do pull-ups because that is absolutely fine. But stop telling me you've got nowhere to do pull-ups. If you paid for a gym membership for the entire, and I understand support gyms, et cetera, et cetera. You paid for a gym membership for the entire of lockdown and you haven't bought yourself a single piece of kit. You're an idiot. And I know that's blunt and harsh to say it, but you're an idiot. Yeah. Or, you know, or invested in some form of broadening of your capabilities to train outside of the gym, whatever that may, you know, whatever that may be you know, uh, the, the plug to plug your TV into your phone so you can, I don't know, I don't think you even need to do that, but watch Joe Wicks, you know, on your TV, whatever it may be, stop saying that it's because gyms are closed the third time they've been closed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the first, the first few times I, the first, I give away free programming right at the beginning, like off the bat, off the bat. Mm-hmm. I did that for a really, really long period of time. And there became a point where I was like, well, okay, well, everyone should have a set, set of dumbbells by now. Yeah. You know, a set of dumbbells, a good set of hex dumbbells. I know it's expensive for people. It's like 90 pounds, but we're talking about, we're, we're talking about people who had a expensive gym membership. Yeah. Not, not a 15 pound fitness first membership. Yeah. A expensive premium gym membership geared towards affluent key workers, city center workers, you know, and you know, there became a point where I was like, well, you guys should have dumbbells by now. Like if this is really your passion, you should have them. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I think the only reason for not having them towards the end 
if you were if you were those people that were investing that money that is not if you weren't without if you were without and you yeah. didn't have them or you'd lost your job obviously completely different math completely different but if you yeah, were still yeah. investing to, to in be, the gym to be clear to be clear you, what you're talking about is the people that are still in it they're still in the game if they want to be this is not yeah. because we've obviously spoken about the barriers already and you know the the people the people who can't afford that 30 pound a month gym membership that's not who we're talking about here when we say you you should have dumbbells by now because again that's a completely different conversation right but the people who have the 150 pound a month gym membership who still haven't bought that if you've got a hundred and jesus christ if you've got 150 pound a month to waste then really i'm sure you can figure something out if you wanted to, yeah, you could, for, for, if, with for that much money over the cost lockdown, lockdown, you could have you could have bought you could have bought an assault bike and mm. or an air bike, and you could have bought a barbell with weights with up to sixty kilos. You could have bought an Atlas ball, set of dumbbells, a plyo box, an assault bike in that same time frame. And I understand that people wanted to support the gym so that were there yeah. when they opened up, but. And I understand why that they wanted their community and they wanted to invest that yeah. into it, but there needed to be a point where that community also invested back because they were still getting furloughed, the gyms. They still got government grants and loans. They were one of the few businesses that got all of those opportunities. Not all businesses got those opportunities. And on top of the loans, grants, and everything else, we're still getting their members supporting them. Yeah. And I know that I'm you know, not going to be thoroughly loved for saying that out loud, but you got the grants, the loads and the furlough and a percentage of the, of the client taxi drivers didn't get the people who were used to getting the cars, but didn't. Yeah. Hairdressers didn't get their people still paying their hair cutting costs. Restaurants still weren't getting people paying for the food that they weren't buying yet. The gym industry got the money from the clients who weren't, weren't attending. And you know, yeah, they were providing Zoom, et cetera. But within that whole scope of things, you have to look at it and go, well, actually, you're being a charity. If someone came up to me in the street and said, oh, oh do you mind signing a direct debit for uh, £150 to, um, per month uh, to support this guy's um, BMW fund? Like, no, nah, not happening. You know, you wouldn't, do, you wouldn't do that in that setting. So there needs to be a point where it's like, you need to take stock and go, I need to. I needed to invest in myself along this journey because keeping the gym open is a future investment in yourself because you want the gym to be there, and I fully understand why people did that. But if at the end of it you didn't acquire anything for yourself so you could advance, if this happens again, you've made a bit of a mistake. You've not learned a lesson. I think is the the biggest thing, right? You've not learned that we are finally perched on a table with only two table legs, and at any time it can tip over you've not learned that lesson. COVID's been absolutely terrible and devastating. Yeah. But given potential pandemics and having watched the film Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman, I've seen it could look a lot worse. And, and you know, I don't know if you could say we've been let off lightly because you can't, but there is potential worse and just as bad threats that we need to understand that perhaps in our lifetime, this could happen again. Yeah. And, and we need to be capable of handling another scenario where we may need to be locked down. We may need to be tightly locked 
even tightly locked down and what are we able to do in, in what are we able to do in these scenarios because i ain't going to be sitting around arguing about whether i should wear a mask or not like i you know i need to be you know i'm capable i know that i'm capable enough to train with very minimal equipment or, or not because i'm quite happy i've got no expectations of myself i'm quite happy to do sit-ups and, and push-ups and dips and maybe some presses if i've got dumbbells but there needs to be a point like i say if people want to be prepared for the next one they should do and i guess back to the question is do i think people should how should they split their time they should just make sure that they're investing in some structured training in their own time at home so that they know that they are capable to train with an internal motivation as well as an external motivation and for themselves not just for the group yeah yeah I, th- I, I think for me like that there's two ways i think you can uh, approach this from from a, like a practical point of view you can either look at what is you can most easily accommodate at home yeah that can take the load off of what you need to do in the gym and i think this is a fantastic exercise as well and this is something that i i think about all the time because you want to spend more time at home. You want to spend more time with your family. There's more to not going to a gym than just saving on the gym membership by a country mile. You know, there's yeah. so much more to it than that. I think you can either look at what you, you're easily able to accommodate at home, be that a set of dumbbells and a skipping rope. And then, you know, anything, this is obviously difficult in like CrossFit or group fitness based stuff because you are, you know, you're beholden to the program as such. What can you get away with not doing in a gym that you can now do at home? And the other way I think to look at it from the the same principle, but if you can afford something that perhaps you would go to the gym for, but you're going to, you know, something like a a biker that you you possibly going to go and you're going to spend a couple of an hour or whatever it is on it. Do you need like, is that the best use of your time in the gym, the gym that's fully equipped and has got the coaches and this, that, the other, if you can afford it, like this is, this is kind of, these are two opposing ideas that I'm holding in my head here, but it's either get the kit that's the non-specialist, no frills stuff and take care of that at home two days a week, three days a week, and then use your time in the gym to do the specialist stuff, to get on the air bike, to get on the ski erg to get on the, on the, on the bike, to use the D-Wheels, to use a barbell and bumpers, or use the, you know, attack it the other way around, use the gym for the coaching, for the programming, for the, the stuff that's moving you tangibly towards the, you know, whatever your yeah. goal is. And then the other two, three days a week at home is when you, go for the run or you hop, like say hop on the bike erg and do your hour of bike erg there because it, you know, it's painful to watch people go to the gym just to walk for an hour. Oh yeah. Well, I think, I think there's those aspects, isn't it? There's the, the long conditioning portions, which can be completely done by running, which is this unheard of thing that people have forgotten about since the introduction of the (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Um, So that there is, there is that element. And then, Again, like a kind of, I guess, riffing on what we said earlier is like, okay, well, let's lower the standard of the mechanics and let's increase the intensity or, or, you know, do something that doesn't require the same level of eyes on approach. So use, use the gym for 
like you said, the coaching, the feedback, Olympic weightlifting, anything, and also anything that is like where you get the benefits of doing it as a team, right? Yeah. Like capacity work, great if you're going against somebody. Teamwork, great, because that's the benefit of what we've seen from the gym, right? People have missed community and going against each other, and there's an element of that that should remain. So if we take what gyms are really good at, coaching, feedback, group exercise, increasing intensity. And through, through that kind of group dynamic of trying to push hard. But then you take it back to the home and you start thinking about, well, what kind of stuff could be done at home without the same level of needing for feedback yeah. or needing for external feedback. And that's things like calisthenic kind of workouts, low skill workouts, grunt work, you know, slam balls, atlas balls, sandbags, you know, kettlebell carries, things like that. Lower, lower, lower the mechanic requ- mechanical requirements and the need for feedback externally, and start to add functional work in. So on my on my programming for a while, usually on a Wednesday and potentially sometimes on a Saturday, the work is much more geared around functional training. And when I say functional, I mean it's more lunges, odd objects, carrying, kind of more zercher versions, kind of of exercises rather than you know more of the non-common gym movements that require simple robust equipment and that's the kind of work that i would include at home yeah basically could, could that, i mean that's a, you just just you've just described my training pretty much like do the stuff in the gym that requires or you know i don't require the gym by any stretch but i can do the best version of it here let's just say you know it, yeah the, the, the percentage is marginal percentage i'm blessed I'm, I'm lucky enough to have you know stuff at home but it's still I can potentiate in the gym, let's say, but then when I want to just pick up the farmers and go for a mile walk, or I'm just going to do laps with the sandbag or push the sled or do D ball over shoulder, uh, Atlas ball over shoulder. Um, <clears throat> then that's, that's the dog work you do at home because it doesn't matter. Exactly. Uh, and, and if you're paying 150 a month, go and get the 150 pounds worth of value, which is, group environment, yeah. coaching experience, access to equipment that you don't necessarily need to be able to afford or have the room to afford. And when I say don't afford, I mean, it's not always practical to spend 3,000 pounds on three pieces of conditioning equipment. Yeah, 100%. You know, so what, can, what do I get access to for my money? Coaching, group experience, and equipment that I don't have access to. Snazzy kit. Everything else, Atlas ball, slam ball, farmer's carries, handles, Maybe you pull up bar at home, you know, keep yeah. your body weight or functional or carrying and functional in the sense of I'm carrying odd objects. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, not the Olympic lifts. You know, yeah. And do the Olympic the gym. lifts in yeah. the gym where they've yeah. got the equipment. They maybe have the, um, you know, the, the, the barbells that require for that and the specific um, Olympic quality bumpers and the competition bumpers and yeah. have the platforms and have the coaching and feedback mm-hmm. experience and the eyes on, you know, which is, which is what, you know, weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting especially is like, you know, it, it, it there's a, a, there needs to be a lot of respect. There needs to be a lot of movement. There's a lot of complexity to them. You're paying 150 quid, absorb that. Yeah, use it. But by all means, don't, compromise your potential by only becoming reliant on that given what's happened over the last 12 months yeah yeah like let's find a version of like do it but be aware of the fact that you you need to have something else in your back pocket or there's a version of this that you can do without 
that you know without all that's not all singing or dancing i think to be like uh, pragmatic and practical here for the, for the sake of the question what you said about I think you were spot on when you said do the calisthenic stuff at home the stuff that doesn't actually require all of that good stuff that's at the gym get in your yeah. your push-ups your pull-ups your air squats your running at home like absolutely you can do capacity work like that you know if you get a pull-up bar or you you find somewhere to do a pull-up bar in or around yeah. your home you can do math yeah. you know? and that you know we it's so it's so weird that the idea that we need this gym but then using crossfit as an example then you find these like super tough like out and out crossfit workouts like murph like clovis we don't actually need you don't actually need to be in a crossfit box to do that no no yeah i'd say yeah so it's a case of deciding what you want to get out of the gym right and then Doing yeah, we use CrossFit boxes as an example, but again, like if you've got a structured like tr- strength training program or yeah. you see a PT, then get that PT coach to give you the three sessions geared towards like your progress, the stuff yeah. that requires a gym, the stuff that requires another more motivational factor and somebody guiding you through stuff that you may not want to even do yourself or maybe don't have the knowledge or understanding because you don't want to because it's not your career don't have the knowledge or understanding say like, look, I'm going to hire someone to get me super massive. And a couple of times a week, I'm going to run at home, slam a ball around a couple of times, you know, and, 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 and whatever it is, whether it's, you know, you do a boot camp, go to boot camp a couple of times, enjoy the community, enjoy the life of that a few times a week, but just take time to, you know, you might just be doing yoga at home and doing an online yoga course or something that doesn't require a group, whatever it is, just, complement your training with stuff that you need to do on your own that is going to grow your experience and grow your capability and keep keep the complexity and keep the need for feedback low yeah you know? yeah and if we wanted to do a sales pitch like there's like i wrote atlas there's fortitude which requires very little equipment you've got ball workouts farmers carry workouts you've got carry and compound and stuff you got all this stuff going on that we've pre-wrote which is stuff that people could easily add to their training twice a week along with some running along with something else and you know add those kind of deliberately written as functional training programs like i'm functional again word use but you know moving odd objects around moving your body around space add them kind of things to a structured or watchful eye of a coach or a structured training plan within it within, within whatever training environment you like being part of yeah uh, the, the, the more we've just kind of had this conversation the less sort of nebulous it's been becoming my head and uh, the way i'm looking at it now is like when a teacher is a you know they're they're putting together the homework to give the kids and that's you know let's call this homework let's say this is the work you do at home this is your homework the things they're going to give them are the things that they've elements of which they've learned in the, you know, in the day, in the class, but that don't require any feedback that no immediate that you can get on. It's simple. You can understand the task. It's going to complement what you've already learned and it's going to complement what you're going to learn the next day. It's not going to detract from those things, but you can, you can do it yourself. And that is the, you know, it, 
think to yourself, can I be doing this? Could I do this outside the gym? Cool. Then that's the stuff you should be doing outside the gym. Yeah, absolutely. The rest in there. Absolutely. We answered the question. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a roundabout way. <laughs> we did. How long were we talking for? I don't even know what we've been talking about. Hours. And we've answered the question. I'm surprised. Well, we've nailed it. One and done, isn't it? <laughs> one, one, one question answered every two hours. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm going to do? And I'm going to put a time code on this, uh, like on the social media or whatever. I'm going to, I'm bringing up a, if I knew where it was, I'm bringing up a stopwatch. And we're just going to, let's just chomp through some hot topics, right? I'm going to set a timer. I don't like the word hot topics. That sounds terrifying. One minute. That's 59 minutes. That's probably more apt. I've gone to 59 minutes. That's probably what we actually need. Okay. Cowbell or dumbbell? Uh, Dumbbell. Just because... (laughs) Just because of the hex dumbbells, I think they're a bit more practical in terms of being able to do things like rows on the floor, et cetera, like that, and complexes. Um, I find them a little bit easier to do things like things like upright rows, doing a lot of upright rows and bicep curls and presses and cleans and stuff like that. So I just, I just find I can get a little bit more out of them, but I do still love a kettlebell. Yeah, for me, it's if you can only have one, it's a kettlebell. If you can have a pair, it's a pair of dumbbells. I do think that one the versatility of one a kettlebell on its own is more versatile than a dumbbell on its own but a pair of dumbbells is more versatile than a pair of kettlebells and there's a skill element i think there's a it's much uh lower barrier for entry skill wise in dumbbells you've got five seconds agreed that's a great i agree spot on do you see we we're good at that I did ask a question that I knew I already had an answer to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I still came in one. I mean, you're, I feel like you let me say an answer and then you like try and improve on my answer and just hit me. It's fine. We're going to go. Let's, more questions. Is the <laughs> like, I, like I said, I already, I, I, yeah, I had that one. I had that one pre-planned in my head. So yeah, you've already uh, seen all the I questions. Apologize. I forget. I stitched blind. you up there. Okay. Let's do another one. Best body weight workout that people can perform at home as that homework. That's complimentary. Murph, no, or yeah, Murph, but if not Murph, five push-ups, uh, five push-ups, um, 10 squats, 15 sit-ups as an alternative. Yeah. If they are all about. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I would, you know, Murph or variants thereof of Murph are, you know, yeah. you've got some locomotion in the running, push, pull, squat. And yeah, I really, uh, did, I like that push-up, air squat, sit-up. Oh, there's one that I did, a workout that I did on the start of, I know we were running out of time, 30 down to one air squats, 20 down to one push-ups, 10 down to one burpees as a back-to-back workout. Spot on. Beautiful. Nice. Keep best home workout I've ever written. And when I say best, it means I've got received the most amount of insults after it. And that's how I <laughs> the, the best, when the quality of a workout. Yeah. Well, that, that's the rating system, isn't it? Usually, how, how many FUs I get sent to my inbox is, uh, is down to the, how good the workout was. You can only oh, what one. I brought on Instagram that day. <laughs> <laughs> do, the, do the two sometimes get a bit mixed and confused and you can't tell if you've just had a great workout go out or you've just said something I've, unbelievable. I've learned, that the, I've learned that someone telling me FU 
is more than not meant I've done something right. Yeah. Even yeah. if it was wrong for them. <laughs> <laughs> Lessons have been learned. <laughs> <laughs> One piece of kit at home, what would it be? I've said it before, Atlas ball every time. Yeah. Although I'm, I'm really enjoying a heavy slam ball. And yeah. 15 kilo slam ball, like going upwards, really, really fun. You've, you have converted me, since it was on our last chat actually, to the idea of the slam ball. It was something that I was uh, egotistically kind of like, oh yeah, that's, they're too light, they're this, they're that. It is the perfect substitution for expensive metabolic kit, I think. Yeah, and ex and um, expensive um, like barbells, etc. For the price yeah. of a forty kilo barbell for a metabolic workout, like a barbell plus um, ten kilo plates or, um, or or five kilo plates, the price of a the price of a slam ball um, and the space it takes up to get that kind of performance out of it, I think it's I think it's epic value for money. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent agree, and I, I think that's. Hopefully something we'll, we'll see like more on the, the up and up kind of becoming uh, incorporated in, in people's programs because I think, or, you know, in the, in the workouts people do, because I think it's a, it's a good bit of kit that needs to make a comeback. As, as a gym, the cost per item per member versus the item for a 40 kilo barbell is ridiculously different. And, you know, I mean, you could, you could kit out a gym with 12, 12 members, half female, half male, if you had a separation in it. And you could kit that out with with enough stuff, and it would probably cost you less than a than a premium barbell for yeah. the whole member, for the whole people in the gym. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, imagine if you use sandbags, but I know you, you, you are your team Atlas, team Atlas ball. Yeah, I am, but only only because of the mess it creates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is something. Do you know what? It's something I never actually thought about until I started training in a gym again. And then I'm like, these yeah. fucking things are messy, man. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, like, I know, a bit different when you do yard. Yeah, yeah. Or someone else's yard. Yeah. You can just go then. <laughs> um, my iPad's died, so the questions that I had are gone. I mean, we've already, we've already, we've already doubled up on our previous question from yeah. the last podcast, so... 200% increase. It's all, it's all on the up and up. The linear progress is uh, astounding. No other, no other questions that you can remember from the top of your head then? No. Nope. We're done. We're done. Oh, <laughs> amazing. That's Absolutely well, amazing. Dude, where can, well, I mean, anyone who's this far in already knows who you are, but where can people find you? Where can people find you online? Um, I don't know. Instagram, I guess. Paul underscore warrior underscore underscore. There's two underscores. Um, and that's really it. Uh, the, there's a campfire Instagram account. I think there's a couple of underscores after campfire as well. Um, the tenth man is not getting an Instagram account. It's proving a point. <laughs> yeah, by not having one. But yeah, that's the tenth. All <laughs> right, that's what it's well, called. Yeah, be. I mean, if a gym doesn't have an Instagram account, is it still a gym? <laughs> Does work really get done there? <laughs> Dude, thank you very much. Pleasure as usual. I hope everyone uh, takes away something useful out of this, even if it's just a need to uh, go and buy a slam ball. <laughs> if so, get on Paul's Instagram, buy 
via his affiliate link. <laughs> Ouch. That hurts. <laughs> that hurts. No, it doesn't. No, no, buy it, buy it through, buy it through ATs. <laughs> yeah. Do you I even would... have one? Are you, are you trying to think if you've got one? Have you done that yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just so lackadaisical. I'm like the worst. Uh, people ask me questions about Instagram and I'm like, oh. I don't know. Yeah. And today's episode was sponsored by the Slam Ball. Yeah. It was a two hour, that was a long advert for Slam Balls, but we got there in the end. Nailed it in the last 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. about I feel like we need to have an advert with the, with the count from Sesame Street, like selling it. Um. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, pleasure as usual. Do it again sometime. Yeah, awesome. Speak soon, mate. And there we have it. Thank you for listening in. Guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be greatly appreciated if you could drop us a review on your podcast app of choice. Any feedback you've got, please send it over via social media and don't hesitate to tell us what you would like to hear more of. I'm AT. This has been the Bulldog Gear podcast. Thanks for tuning in, guys.